is going to do this for Rafur Shalema for Sarah Bas Naomi and um, Melissa Rachel Bas uh, Geula. Okay. Um, this Shabbos is Parsha Shkalem, which of course means that there are six and a half weeks left till Pesach, so start your engines. Um, and it also means that we are getting into the season, the time period of really Parsha Shkalem is all about the Shkalem that used to be collected in advance of uh, in advance of a new season, so to say, of Karbonos, the Shkalim, the half Shkalim were collected from all of Klal Yisrael, and it was the, uh, the, the Karbonos Tzibor, the, the communal offerings that were brought in the Beis HaMikdash, all came from those monies. And everybody had to participate in that collection of money, and then everybody was considered to be part of the Tzibor when it came to uh, all the Karbonas being brought. That was something that they started reminding people to do around the beginning of Chodesh Adar. And that's why we have Parsha Shkalem kicking off the first of the four Parshios that we have. Parsha Shkalem also connects to Purim. We have a Maimer Chazal that tells us in the story of Purim, Haman uh, goes to Achashverosh and he says that he would like to uh, take out the Jewish people and he makes Achashverosh an offer. Now, it's, it's, uh, there, there are a lot of different, opi- there are different opinions in the Gemara as to Achashverosh's stand on the Jewish people, um, how pro or... Khan, he may have been of them, but money was certainly always something that sweetened the pot, and he offered him Aseris Alofim Kikar Kesef Eshkol. He says that I'm going to take uh, um, lots and lots of money, and I'm going to give that to you, Achashverosh, in exchange for being able to wipe out the Jewish people. So the Gemara says like this. The Gemara tells us, and it's Gemara also Midrashim, they say, first of all, Haman really knew how to say things. Um, it, it describes it as being Lishna Bisha, as there's, there's a description of what is almost like Lashon Hara. It would be defined, like translated as Lashon Hara. And he did so in this handing over of the money to Achashverosh. That's part one of what it says. It also says that Lucky for us, we give shkalim, we give our, the, the chetzi shekel, we give our half shekels, and that is something that is able to, or that was able to overcome Haman's shkalim. So there is a, um, a, a, a comparison that's being made, uh, an equation that's being made between what Haman gives to Achishverosh in order to knock out the Jewish people, and how we save ourselves with our giving this half shekel, with our machzis shekel that we give. And that connection seems to be, okay, we get like the shekel shekel thing. Sounds, okay, you know, that's money, that's money, fine. 
but there obviously would have to be a, a very a much deeper connection between these two givings of shekel of these these givings of of some form of of money in order to really understand what is it that makes it that our shkalim or our half shekel giving what we commemorate when we uh, read parsha shkalim what in the world does that have to do with Haman and what he was trying to do with his giving of the shkalim with his giving of his money to Achashverosh. So, there is a description that the Navi brings, and this is something that we actually read in the Haftorah of Parsha Zachar. The Haftorah of Parsha Zachar tells the story of uh, the Mohamed Amalek, the war that the Jewish people had against Amalek at the time of Shaul, and it tells the story of the mistake that Shaul makes in keeping Agag around. Shmuel finds out that Shaul did not complete the mission as ordered, which was to wipe out every single living thing that was associated with Amalek. He did not do that. Shaul is Shaul has apparently good intentions in whatever he, he did in keeping Agag and a lot of the animals around. But in doing so, he really perpetuated the future of Amalek by keeping the king of Amalek, the Agag, the, the king of Amalek around. And Shmuel comes, tells Shaul off, goes and takes Agag, takes the, this king of Amalek, and he beheads him. And he, he's takes care of uh, takes care of business over there finishes the job there is a description of when Agag comes out and he's taken out to Shmuel where Shmuel uh, wipes him out and it's described as Vayelech Elav Agag Ma'adanos that Agag goes out to him and there's a word that's Ma'adanos Mem Ayin Dalet Nun Vav Saf there's a machlokas in the Rishonim, in Shmuel, as to what does that word mean. So Agag comes out, and he is Ma'adanos. The, I, I think the Pashat Pshat, the one that we would consider the more simple Pshat, is that it means that he comes out in chains. That And, I mean, if I captured the king of Amalek, I'd put him in chains. So it seems to be like the way that you have a captive. So he's all chained up, he's tied up. You bring him out, and he comes out in chains. There's another pshat that's brought by the Rishonim. Very fascinating. And Ma'adain, or the name Adina, uh, means gentle. It could mean um, something like uh, uh, pampered. Somebody who is, uh, you know, very daintily made up. And they say that that's what it means. So Agag comes out, and it's a way of describing someone who doesn't have, you know, he's just like, I guess in a sense, royal, and just um, very pleasantly, with a pleasant sense and demeanor about him. Very strange combination of things to, like, that these two things come together. Like, well, he's either chained, or he's... You know, daintily pampered. Like, how do those 
so it's like two pshatim in one pasuk. Describe like we're trying to get like a picture of what's going on. That's what the pesukim are trying to give us, and then we have like these two like almost like polar opposite points of view of like. So what was he? What, like how, how did he look? What was it all about? So, Rafutner explains that that is a description that is not really. I mean, you know what he physically was like. Could be that both are true. Could be he was in chains, <coughs> physically, and that he is his demeanor was one of just like he was just you know totally cool and good and and you know fine with everything that was going on. You know that could definitely be both things can can kind of hold true, but it's describing something much deeper about him and about a Amalek and the sense. Of, of what a Malik and what the, this enemy, this existential enemy of Kalal Yisrael is, is all about, what, what it is. And he talks about the following question. So Rufiner asks, so he deals with the following question. When we talk about a human being having Bechira, a human being having choice, what does that mean? What kind of choice do we have? So, when we think about it, so are, are we able to choose when in human history we're alive? No. Are we able to choose where we're born? No. Are we able to choose, uh, you know, the, econom- the economic strata that we exist in? No. Are, the, can we choose our parents? Can we choose our families? Can we choose? No, 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 no. How tall are you going to be? How short are you going to be? Nothing. There's much in life that we really have no choice over. Where is it that our Bechira comes to play? What is the thing that we really do have a choice in? It would be... Midos, do good or bad. Believing in Hashem. All of these things are captured in a Maimur Chazal, where Chazal say that... Everything is in the hands of Shemayim, except for fearing Hashem. And all the things that you mentioned are all things that are in the large umbrella of Yerushalayim. Fear and awe of heaven. Fear and awe of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, when we think about Bechira, when we think about what it is that we say that we have as like, this is our department. These are the things that we have full and total autonomy over. It's really those kinds of spiritual decisions. How a person is going to do in business, Parnassah, all of those things, not really, in, not, not really in our hands. I mean, we could we put in efforts, we think that we have control over what we have control over, but, you know, more often than not, we're shown that we're Wrong. We don't have any control of those things. And it's specifically the spiritual realm that we have control over. When we think about somebody who is kofer in Hashem, somebody who denies a, a, a real deep denial of, the, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and his role in this world. So that, that is very often we think about it as, well, it's a person who 
basically denies the existence of Hashem. A person who doesn't think that there's a God, a person who thinks that God didn't create the world, or a person who thinks that God created the world, but he certainly is not interested or doesn't care about what's going on in day-to-day life. It's a person who thinks that whatever happens in this world is totally happenstance. There's Mother Nature. There's all these other forces in the world. But they leave God totally and completely out of the picture. And that's generally how we look at and when we have to capture what kfira, what denial of Hashem looks like, that's how we would look at it. But there's another way of denying HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the way he set up this world, it's more sophisticated. It is more dangerous. And that is, what if a person recognizes Hashem? What if a person says that Hashem is all-powerful and totally in control? And he's so in control that there's nothing in my control. A person who does that is also denying, it's not denying HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's almost like you're so, your, your belief in HaKadosh Baruch Hu is so over the top that you are ignoring and denying a very important principle, which is that you, human being, you have responsibility for your spiritual state. How often, and, and this is something that creeps in, because how often do we say like, oh, that, I, I can't control that. I was born that way. This isn't something that like I could really do or take care of. Now, at different points in our lives, certainly as we're developing people, we can say that like, well, that level of spirituality or that level of self-control is something that is beyond me right now because I have to build up to it. Obviously, you can't snap your fingers and just become a perfect human being. But the idea that we have autonomy over our spiritual selves and the people that we can be and the spiritual reality that we can create, that is a fundamental belief that we have to have in the way Hashem wired this world and the way Hashem put us into it. To deny that, to say that Hashem's in charge of everything, even my Yerushamayim, is basically to say that this world is pointless, that there's no reward, there's no punishment, there's nothing about my choices that really matters, and therefore, hey, you know, whatever happens, I did something wrong, I got punished. Well, I did something wrong because Hashem made me do something wrong because He wanted to punish me or He wanted this thing to happen to me. And that is, it's, I mean, it's a very easy way for a person to um, kind of take all the responsibility off their back. And there is something that could be almost comforting about that when a person says, okay, nothing's in my hands. We have a description here of Agag. And he says that he comes out and he is chained and he is totally cool with everything. He is just like, he is just 
dandy sitting pretty like you know no n- n- like like feeling like a pampered person says Rav Hutner, this is a description of a person who has a certain type of kfira where is there a recognition of Hashem yeah there's a recognition of Hashem but it's a totally skewed one it's one in which a person says I'm chained I'm I'm a prisoner I'm a prisoner of Hashem. I'm totally locked up. I have absolutely zero autonomy. Therefore, whatever happens to me, it's not my fault. It's all Hashem. Hashem did it. Hashem caused me to be bad. Hashem caused me to do this Avera, caused me to do that Avera. That's the way He made me. I can't control it. I mean, that's the way He, you know, this is my nature, this is my nurture. What am I supposed to do about it? And um, so, you know, there's some sort of punishment that comes at the end. That's yeah, not a punishment. That's just, okay, so Hashem wants me dead. He wants me dead. So you're going to kill me, you're going to kill me. That is a sense of, it's, it's almost like a, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's like a skewed sense of frumkite in a certain way where you're, you are attributing so much power to Hashem and so much control to Hashem that it sounds like really like, wow, oh, wow, here's a person who really like believes and like believes in so, that Hashem is so powerful. But no, 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 what that person just did was they skewed life and they skewed the world to a point where there's no Bechira, there's no choice anymore. And that, ele- that way of, so again, there's one form of Bechira where, where there's one form of Kfira, of denial of Hashem where a person says, there's no God. There is no God. Everything is in human hands or everything's in Mother Nature's hands. But you just, you knock God out of the whole mix. Then there's another way of like, no, no, no. Hashem's in the mix. It's just that he's in control of everything. Even my angle of Yerushalayim. Let's think about a machtis a shekel. We give a half of a shekel. Why a half? Why not a whole thing? What's wrong with giving a whole shekel? So there are there are there are a lot of like very deep, uh, important ideas in the in the machtzitz shekel. The the idea one of the main overarching ideas that Mefarshim often focus on is that a person has to always see themselves as part of something else that you're part of something else, that you're not, it's not all about you, and that you're a part of Klal Yisrael, and that you need Klal Yisrael, Klal Yisrael needs you, and therefore the rich man, the poor man, everybody's got to just give the same half shekel. That's the, that, that's, that's the you know, the, the general um, way we look at the machtes shekel. But there's another concept here. When we give a shekel, what are we doing? We are participating in Avodas Hashem. That's what it is. It's a, it's a way of participating in Karbonos, which is Avoda. That is the service of Hashem. Why do we do service of Hashem? What's the point of it? The point of it is that it is our choice to go and serve Hashem. What happens as a result of our service of Hashem? Well, HaKadosh Baruch Hu then 
showers us, hopefully, with all kinds of wonderful things in life. Whatever those wonderful things may be for, for each person. So there is a give and a take. There is what we have to do and what a Baruch Hu does. There are the things that we control and the things that Hashem controls. It's a, it's, a, it's a fascinating thing. When you ask people like throughout their day, okay, so, so what are you doing today? Oh, what am I doing? Okay, well, I got you know, to make this phone call and get this deal done and then like have to do this for work and have to do that. Like we think of that we do, all the things that we do are things that are really under, you know, those, that's Hashem's, it's sort of Hashem, we have to make our Hashtadlis, obviously we have to make our efforts. But when we sit back and think about it, is that what do we do? We do... Avodas Hashem. We do our service of Hashem, the way we engage with Him, how our Yerashimayim looks, how, what our attitude and our relationship with Hashem is all about. That's what we do because that's the part that we're really in control of. All the other things that we say we do, we don't really do them because we, you know, we have to put in efforts. We're part of this world, but it's done by Hashem. And Keeping that in, in mind is kind of, you know, our challenge. The idea that we have a, sh- a half shekel. The half shekel represents that there is the segment of life in which I have actual Bechira in, but it's only half of the picture because I have Bechira on the Avodas Hashem part of things, on the Bracha that comes as a result of that, that's not in my hands. That's up to Hashem. Is Hashem going to give Parnassah? He's not going to give Parnassah. Is he going to give success? Is there going to be rain? Is there going to be all the different things that Kal Yisrael as a nation or individuals can want? That's all up to Hashem. The concept of a half a shekel versus a whole shekel. Haman goes, and what does he do? And he presents shkalim, whole shkalim. It is a representation of the uh, Weltanschung, of the world outlook of Amalek, which is, we're not going to deny Hashem. We're down with Hashem. We're good. But it's ma'adanos. But like, we can walk through life evil and not think, we don't have a guilty bone in our body. We don't feel bad about it at all. We're totally, anything that happens to us even, it's not us. It's all Hashem. Hashem is the one who's making us bad. Hashem is the one who's perpetuating our bad. So I don't have a choice. I'm just going to live my life the way I want to live my life. And whatever happens, happens. That, and that is, again, that's like a reverse kafira in Hashem. It's really a denial. It's really deep down a real denial of the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu sets up this world. A denial of the mission of humankind in this world. It's, it's a totally strangely skewed view of humanity, of what, of what the world is all about, and of Hashem. And that's what Haman came and tried to push on our world. And he said, okay, I'm going to give a shekel because I'm going to say that this world is, hey, let's see what happens. Let's follow it. Let it follow its natural course and let's see what goes on. What HaKadosh Baruch Hu says is that, Haman, you got it all wrong. 
That's not the shekel that I'm interested in. That's not the shekel that holds any weight in this world. The shekel that holds weight in this world is the Kali Yisrael's half shekel. It's the sense of, I have the ability to make choices, to give, to donate Avodas Hashem, with the recognition that that's in my, that's, that, that ball is in my court. The other side of the coin, the other half shekel, is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu bestows back on us and says, okay, now you can have all of the bracha, all of the hatzlacha that there is to have. So the idea of a half shekel is an idea of that life is, and life has within it areas of bechira, areas of choice, and areas that are under the control of Hashem. They work hand in hand, and it's when we recognize our role in what we can choose to do, that the other half of that HaKadosh Baruch Hu operates his side of things and gives us that bracha. When people walk around and they feel or think to themselves that I can't, or I, th- this is something that's not in my, this is beyond my capacity. I don't have the ability to change to properly serve Hashem, to properly focus in any way on Avodas Hashem. So when people say that, what they are essentially doing is they're denying, they're being kofer in the way Hashem set up our world. Our world is set up that Hashem says, you have Yerashamayim, the ability to make choices in the realm of service of Hashem and our fear of Hashem is in your court. That's yours. That's your side of things. Everything, I'll, yes, I take care of everything else. Is there war? Is there no war? Is there this? Is there that? Is there prana? Yeah, that's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's realm. Don't get lost in that and say, that. well, then therefore everything's Hashem's, uh, you know, and, and, and nothing's up to me, and I'm just going to go on being the person that I am without working on myself. And therefore the, 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 the uh, comparison that's made between the, the bad words, so to say, of Haman, where he's going and presenting something that has to do with these shkalim. And he's, he's describing how I'm going to have these shkalim. And look, look what I'm giving to you, Hashem. I'm giving you everything. Both sides of the shekel. And Kadosh Baruch Hu says, no, 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 no. That half shekel thing, that's what I'm interested in. I want you to give half and then I give the other half. And that is the relationship that our world is, is really made up of. So Parsha shkalim is kind of like the, leads us into a Purim. You know, Adar, Purim. It is, you know, Adar and Purim are times where we recognize all of the control that Hashem has. It's really Adar, Purim. And then that really leads us into Pesach. And it's all about focusing in on Hashem's in control. Hashem's in control. I don't see Him. I can't, I can't sense Him. I don't know that He's here. But... I look at that story and I say, Hashem is in control of everything. Hashem is in control of everything. Hashem. Time out. Not everything. You're in control also. That there are things that we have control over also. And as we go and we work on our sense of, you know, no, Hashem is really in control. And even though I don't see, I see a very natural course of events out, you know, rolling out over here. Yes, find Hashem in all of that. 
say that that's all HaKadosh Baruch Hu, believe it, etc. Never lose track of the fact that there's always something that's left in our court. And that's the half shekel. That's that part that we have to give to Hashem of Avodas Hashem, of when we decide that we are going to be giving of ourselves to Him, that we're going to be focusing on our Yerushalayim, and that we can do it, and that we have control over it. When people declare themselves to be, I, you know, well, I'm stuck like this, or this is how He made me. It's, that's, these are not, it's not factual. It may take a lifetime to change something. Rabbi Sorel Salanter famously says that, you know, it's, it's, that's the hardest thing to do is to break a meter, to change a meter. But it's the hardest thing to do. It's not impossible. We use that word impossible too often. It's all possible. A person has to recognize that that's the choice that they have. So as we enter this time, the message of the half shekel is this message of there's half of the, Half of the ball is in your court. You do your part. You recognize that you have control over this, that Hashem took this part of, you can choose to be an Ovid Hashem, you can choose to change yourself, to better yourself. All of that is in, keep that, hold on to that, recognize that, work on that. Everything else, that's the part that you leave to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when we have that attitude, that's when somebody like Haman tries to come against us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, no, 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 this is what I want. It's the people who recognize that they can choose everything about Avodas Hashem, they can choose everything about Yeras Shemayim, and everything else is under HaKadosh Baruch Hu's control. Those are the real people that I'm interested in. Those are the people that I want, and those are the people that ultimately have this Yeshua of, of Purim.